Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Drew Blevins and Nick Sinopoli. And it is a hearty hello and welcome to you as we welcome you inside the studios of the West Dunn Building. This is The Howler. We're about to give you the state of Wolfpack Athletics. Hi there, everybody. I'm Drew Blevins. Nick Sinopoli, my co-host, will be joining us shortly. As always, in our first segment of The Howler, we are joined by a guest. And today's guest is somebody that perhaps you wouldn't normally hear from, especially on a show that is run on the campus of NC State University, and that is the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels hockey team, Jeff Folkman. Coach, thanks so much for being here with us. Hey, thanks, Drew. I appreciate being on this. And the reason we're having Coach Folkman here is because NC State and North Carolina are going to participate in a rather large hockey game coming up here on Thursday, February 2nd at 7 p.m. as the two teams will go toe-to-toe in what is being billed as the Backyard Brawl, arguably the biggest collegiate hockey game in the state of North Carolina's history. And Coach, I'll just start out by asking you, since you are the home team technically, where did the idea to have a game at PNC come from? Well, it started out actually last spring. Um, I've been kind of looking uh, ever since I started coaching out here to, to kind of do something for the college hockey in the area and promote it. Uh, we don't get a lot of fans in, in Hillsboro, so um, I reached out to Duke, and uh, you know we tried to open up a date uh, this fall that we could agree on. Then I reached out to the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Shane Wills, and uh, he thought it was a great idea, um, and he really kind of helped promote and get this going and uh you know get get the game scheduled and uh about that time uh, i was talking to mike gazillo and and uh you know coach gazillo was was all for uh scheduling a game uh following the duke game and and uh we got on the phone and and uh you know talked it through and, and uh here we are so when you look at the anatomy of this rivalry, I mean, historically, it's arguably one of the best in the ACCHL, if not the best. Both teams are coming in, hovering around the 500 mark. It's not quite the storybook season on either side, but this is a pretty even matchup, which, at least in my mind, would say it's going to be a pretty good hockey game. It really is. I think uh, talent-wise, uh, we we, uh, we match up with NC State uh, this year. It hasn't been the case in, in years past, and you know, I think, uh, you know, looking at state's schedule and our schedule, I think a lot of that on both sides had to do with a lot of, uh, you know, key injuries and uh, guys going down, uh, you know, over certain games. And, you know, obviously states battled through that. They've had a really good start to, to the year, uh, taking down, uh, you know, Louisville and Virginia Tech, and that was very impressive. So we've been on a little streak ourselves. So I think both teams are, are uh, peaking at the right time, and it should set the stage for a really good hockey game. We're joined by Jeff Folkman, the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels hockey team. Carolina has won six out of their last seven. NC State has won four out of their last six. But, Coach, when we talk about this game in the context of the state of North Carolina and what it does for hockey in this area, just looking down the list of the programs and youth and junior hockey that are represented from the state of North Carolina, 11 former Carolina Junior Hurricanes, five former East Coast Eagles, a couple of Charlotte Junior Checkers, a couple of Greensboro Stars. This really showcases that the state of North Carolina is becoming a hotbed for hockey, especially as it relates to getting kids to be able to play at the higher level in college. Yeah, you said it right. I, I think it. I think it does. And I think it takes a stage like this to get people's attention and and showcase the talent that we have. You know, specifically at the college college level, and it shows that we have you know 
nice development program coming up, and not all these kids are going off playing Division One NCAA. And we're a viable option. You know, like at Chapel Hill, we got Duke, we got NC State. There's Wake Forest. There's a lot of up and coming programs here, and you couldn't ask for a better stage and uh, better two teams going at it um, in the Raleigh area. Uh, you know, this in two days from now, so it, it should be a it should be a, a fun game for the players as well as the fans. And most certainly, both teams are going into their final marketing push for this hockey game, which, in my opinion, is going to be quite the spectacle. I've heard numbers anywhere from four to 5,000 people, and in my mind, that could even be a conservative estimate. But when you look at the atmosphere that's going to be created, what are you telling the fans to try to get them out to support both of these teams? Well, we're using uh, all different marketing channels, obviously. Uh, a lot of grassroots, we're reaching out to, you know, first and foremost, you know, we've reached out to all the youth programs. Uh, we've got Port Bread coming up. We're going to run a little hockey clinic before. Uh, we've reached out statewide to the youth. So she, I've had hockey, youth hockey coaches. I had a youth hockey coach call me and actually said he's canceling a practice to attend our game. So uh, it's really, it's really, um, taking speed and uh you know the word is getting out really fast um you know i i'm getting emails i'm getting phone calls uh messages uh everyone knows about it um you know it's a thursday night there's nothing going on of significance uh with the university of north carolina sports nor uh nc state from what i understand so um you know the timing's perfect and uh it looks to be a good night in terms of weather you know Fans can get in there and park and, and do a little uh, tailgating before and have some fun, and just like they would for Carolina Hurricanes, and, and walk into a, a first-class NHL venue and watch uh, a couple of really good college hockey teams uh, in their own backyard go at it. Does four to 5,000 people coming to this hockey game sound about right to you, or could it be even higher? I, I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, broke 10,000 um, because of – the feedback we're getting uh, with all the marketing that's been done, you know, we're reaching out to TV, radio, um, you know, social media's uh, taking a firestorm. So I, I would not be surprised if, if uh, we filled the lower bowl uh, and then some. Um, but that's we'll, incredible. We'll see soon enough, and and uh, I, I think regardless, this is, this is a step in the right direction, and uh, this is just the beginning of something uh, pretty special that will happen every year. That's an absolutely incredible number, Coach, and certainly we here at NC State are hoping for that number and perhaps even more. Who knows? Let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of the history of this rivalry. You mentioned it in your opening comments where you talked about in years past, North Carolina hasn't necessarily matched up to NC State. But that being said, on a neutral site so far in recent memory, this is a 1-1-0 rivalry. You guys ended up taking down NC State in the ACCHL semifinal in 2015 in a 5-4 thriller. Your captain, A.J. Hamill, scored the game-winning goal with a minute and 11 seconds left. The Wolfpack exacted their revenge last year in the ACCHL semifinal. So in the context of a rivalry, and considering that you're 500 on a neutral site over the past four seasons, what does this do in context for essentially the backyard brawl? Oh, it just it it just increases the stage. I mean, the emotions are already going to be high for for both teams, and and uh, you know everyone's going to be you know given given it they're all considering the rivalry. But as you said, I you know you look back at uh, you know when we beat NC State uh, in in 2015 there, and then they took us out uh, uh, last year to enter the uh, the championship. Um, just being a neutral site. 
um, even though it's leaves a little bit more uh, in the Wolfpack area, but uh, it, it's it still is a neutral site. I think uh, you know, and leading up to playoffs, um, and uh, the way the seedings are breaking down right now, um, there's a very good chance we could see NC State the first round of the playoffs. Um, the way it's breaking down, so there's a good chance that um, this could be a, a, a nice preview of of what we're going to see in two weeks down the road as we're fighting for the Admiral's Cup. That would mean in three straight seasons, North Carolina has played NC State three times, which is an incredible number. When you look at what NC State brings to the table, obviously the top line will be Rodolfo Luis Jimenez, Sam Banashevitz is known throughout the ACCHL. When you're talking to your defense and your goaltenders about how to stop the potency of that offense, what are you telling them? You know, they're, they're dangerous. Uh, I've had the to uh, coach them uh, in, in all-star events, and uh, obviously I watched a lot of their hockey. Um, yeah, obviously uh, they're, they're a huge threat out there. Um, you know, we, we you know when they're on the ice, uh, we, we take notice. Uh, we you know we don't teach anything differently um, from player to player, but um, you know it, it's 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 definitely a coaching tactic and a strategy to, to make known who who are the biggest threats on the ice out there. Um, and the forwards are just a big part of the defensive strategy when you got Vanishevitz and Luis Jimenez out there. So. Um, they're dangerous. Uh, you, you give them some time, and you're not putting pressure on them. Uh, they have a good chance of uh, of uh, making you pay for it. So we got to be on our, our game there, and and uh, you know, um, you know, bring the fight to them before they can bring it to us. We've got a couple more minutes here with the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels hockey team, Jeff Folkman. Coach, by your own standards, though, your offense has picked up recently, winning six out of their last seven. The only stumbling block was against the College of Charleston, which occurred last weekend. But this is a team that has stepped up and surrounded A.J. Hamill coming into one of his final seasons. You've got Richard Chen and Alex Stevenson who have stepped up and scored points for you. So this is a hockey team that I've got to imagine your feeling is coming into their own as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, we match up uh, just fine, um, you know, in terms of uh, talent. Uh, we've got A.J. Hamill, Brendan Radatovich, uh, Ricky Chen is playing really well as of late. Um, unfortunately, we lost Alex Stevenson. Uh, he was an international student, and he, he had to go back to uh, his uh, previous school um, at McGill University. So we, we definitely lost our, our leading scorer there, but we, we have uh, plenty of players uh that are going to step up, um, you know, AJ, Brendan, Ricky, and uh, there's a number of players. You know, we've been a, we've been a team of by committee this year, um, and uh, you know, it's worked out well for us. Uh, plagued a little bit by injuries, but I think you know, as we talked about earlier in the segment, um, we just match up really well against NC State, and um, you know, it's just going to be a matter of who's going to work who that night. And, uh, who's going to get a couple lucky bounces, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's the makings for a fantastic game. I'm looking forward to it. The final strategy question I'll ask you, Gabe Haruso has gotten a chance to see NC State before, but Chris Bacolia is a Raleigh guy, and he's played in and around this area before. Any insight as to who's going to be in the Nets come Thursday and what we should look for out of the goaltender? Yeah, so that uh, we haven't told our goaltenders quite yet, uh, so I really can't uh, announce that at this time, but... Uh, you know, I, we, we feel comfortable with uh, both our goalies are, are, are coming up strong. They're both uh, same age, same grade level. So we feel, uh, 
you know, very fortunate to have both of them. They're, they're both competing hard for the number one job, and uh, we'll make that determination as coaches as, as early as tomorrow. It's a huge rivalry game, Coach. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share on uh, this show about what exactly it means to be playing in this hockey game? Yeah, I just I appreciate uh, you know the best part about this is you know when when we when we get out there you know we're we're not going to like each other for for a few hours and and that's great and that's all the good of competition but it's just been great for the sport uh, in college hockey and partnering with uh, NC State and and the things that NC State's doing to to get fans to the game and the things that we're doing and. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is bigger than NC State and UNC. This is college hockey uh, being showcased, and there's going to be a lot of people there, and it should be a, f- a fantastic environment. Um, we've got Wade Minter, uh, PA announcing uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes, and we've got a nice. Uh, we're going to be honoring uh, some wounded veterans uh, before the game, and uh, it's just, it's just going to be a special night. So it'll be it'll be fun for the fans. I hope uh, I hope we fill the whole stadium. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see 10,000 plus. That would be an excellent number. That's Coach Jeff Folkman of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, and we'll see you on Thursday. And up next on the Howler, we have the captain of the NC State Wolfpack, Sam Banaszewicz. Sam, so far this season has had a very nice campaign despite being injured back on October 28th and missing the rest of the first semester. He does have 31 points, including 19 goals. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Sam, big hockey game, and we just got off the phone with Jeff Folkman, the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, coming up here Thursday. NC State and UNC round two this season, but on a bigger stage at PNC Arena for the backyard brawl. First of all, as a player, what's it like going in and playing at PNC Arena? Um, well, being from North Raleigh, it's uh, yeah, growing up a Hurricanes fan, it, it, it's pretty cool to you know have any opportunity to play at PNC Arena, let alone for your college team that you've been playing for for the last three years, and um, just the opportunity and the atmosphere we're going to have there with so many fans uh, to be able to promote our. Um, to be able to promote ourselves is, you know, that's just a pretty cool experience. When you look at this in the context of not only being able to play in PNC Arena, but also being able to play against your arch rival in PNC Arena in front of anywhere from five to 10,000 people, what's that like for you? Um, you know, anytime we get to play UNC, that's a, uh, you know, that's always uh, going to be a good game. And we're always excited to play them. Uh, Rivals on the ice, but, you know, they're all good guys, and I have a lot of respect for them off the ice. Um, uh, AJ and Joe and uh, Coach Volkman over there, you know, they're all good guys, but um, at, and at the same time, we're all looking to promote college hockey in the, uh, in the Raleigh area, but uh, it, it's going to be a good game. We're looking forward to it. Anytime we get to play uh, UNC versus NC State, it's just bound to be a good game. You talk about those guys who you know, A.J. Hamill and such. Those guys, a lot of them on that UNC side, similarly to NC State, come from the state of North Carolina. We talked with Coach Volkman about 11 former Carolina Junior Hurricanes and five former East Coast Eagles members, including yourself. What does that say about the developmental and junior programs that exist here in the state? Um, it says a lot, you know, um, that – the, the programs in our area, you know, we, we look to push kids to, um, 
stay in the area or if things up north don't work out uh that was certainly my case um but we are one of the top teams in the in the raleigh area so just being able to you know know that you know we still made it to the pretty pretty much to the top in our area um growing up in raleigh just because you're in the south doesn't mean you can't go anywhere after uh after your juniors or, or youth travel hockey, you know, there's still great hockey to be played in, in the collegiate area, even though we're not NCAA or, uh, or up north or anything like that. When you look at this in the context of the fact that you could be playing in front of the largest crowd to ever see a collegiate hockey game in the state of North Carolina, PNC Arena, all that, when you look at this, as the fact that it's also a pretty pivotal game with both teams around 500 and the fact North Carolina beat NC State back on November 12th. Is there any revenge factor here? Oh, of course, there's always a revenge factor. You know, uh, even, I mean, still thinking about my freshman year of semifinals against those guys up in Annapolis. So uh, even that's just revenge. Even though we've played them multiple times since then, I'm still mad about that game. Um but yeah, definitely. Uh, I was out for the six to two loss earlier this year, so and it'll be my last time playing against AJ um, in his collegiate career uh, coming up coming up here at PNC, unless we somehow play them in, in the playoffs. But uh, you know, again, anytime we get to play UNC, it's just destined to be a good game. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a revenge factor after that after they beat us at home there. When you look at the way that NC State matches up against North Carolina, of course you guys have one of the top lines, which you're a part of, Bieberdorf, Banishevitz, and Menez, one of the top scoring lines in the ACC. When you look at those guys that you'll be going against on the other side, how do you think you match up against them? I think we match up pretty good. Uh, you got AJ, you got uh, Brendan Radatovich, uh, yeah, Joe. Joe's always uh, – he had an earlier injury this year, but uh, there's always a – they always prove to have some good guys on their team that come out of nowhere and uh, um, surprise us a little bit. And um, we always do our best to do our homework and scouting reports on them. And uh, I'm sure they do the same with us. So uh, everyone's usually, I can almost promise you, everyone's going to be ready to go for this game. And of course they are. I mean, this is a rivalry game. After all, if you were to Take a guess at how many fans that you think will be out here at this event. What would your number be? Um, I don't know. This usually a home game at Iceplex against UNC gets around seven, seven fifty, eight hundred, anywhere between that seven hundred to eight hundred range. Um, and being that this game at PNC is closer to NC State's campus, and the fact that it's PNC Arena, um. I'm guessing we'll have at least a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred, maybe even more than that. And then UNC uh, is saying that they're bringing, they've got about a thousand that are coming as well. So I think we're looking around the thirty-five hundred, four thousand range. I'd say, Drew. And see, what I had heard in preliminary projections was anywhere between four thousand and five thousand. Talking with oh, Jeff. Wow. Talking with Jeff Folkman earlier, though, and this was the real kicker, he believes, and I have also talked to a couple of other marketers from NC State who also corroborate this, that this could be between anywhere eight to 10,000 people that fill wow. the lower bowl. When you hear that number, how does that make you feel? 
Wow, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. You know that that that's the entire lower bowl of PNC Arena. So, um, just be able to have uh, our college teams go in an atmosphere like that. That and again the rivalry between NC State and UNC. That that's an incredible feeling. Uh, not only for us players, but the fans as well. Um, it just kind of shows how much our programs are growing and how the ACC Hockey League and uh, ACHA Hockey is just growing in this area so much. Now let's go ahead and talk about a little bit more about what's going to be going on on the ice. This is a state team that has really picked things up going from 5-7-1 and one at the end of the first semester and bolstering themselves up back to 500 at 9, 9 and 1. You're winners of four out of your last six. You've had points in all six of those hockey games. Tough loss to Wake Forest, but overall this has been a much better semester due mostly to the fact that you're a healthy program. But still, when you look at this team, are you worried that the defense is very, very youthful against a North Carolina offense that has some seniority on it? Um, you know, anytime you, you lose a lot of defensemen after graduating, you know, you're always vulnerable back there. But I think uh, if we're all able to chip in defensively, uh, forwards included, uh, forwards are able to get back and help out wherever they can. And, you know, if the defense just have a strong game as a whole, I, I think we'll be able to come out with a victory on this one. Joey Hall spoke with me yesterday, and he remarked that it was his impression that he's going to be the one getting the start. This is a sophomore goaltender going into what might be the biggest stage of his young career so far, maybe with the exception of the ACCHL championship game. But Joey so far has had a very nice year. He's got a goals against average anywhere between 3 and 4, depending on what time frame you pull from. Right now he's sitting at 3.38. When you look at such a youthful goaltender and really such a live wire character, what do you think when you have the little man in the net? Um, yeah, Joey's actually Joey provides a lot of character in the locker room, and he's a great guy. I mean, a lot of us rag on him a lot, myself included. Uh, we like to give Joey a hard time just because uh, he, he is a good character guy, and uh, he's a pretty funny guy. So we. Uh, we're, I'm excited for to see Joey in net. He has had a great season. He had a tremendous rookie season. Um, and I think as a team, we looked a little shaky in the first semester. Uh, Joey might not have had the best of games, but I think this semester he's definitely proven to be uh, his back to his usual self uh, with that big win coming back against Virginia Tech uh, and a couple other games as well. Um I'm excited. I, I think Joey's going to come out and play a great game for us, uh, or at least I'm hoping so. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited for Joey. He, he kind of scares us in net with his technique a little bit. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a small he's a small guy, so he has to reach a lot and uh, kind of flops all over the place a little bit. So he scares us a little bit, but you know what? He gets the job done, and that's all that matters. When you look at your bench bosses, Mike Gazzillo and Jeff Wing, Neither have really made a whole lot of fuss about this game and about this stage. Neither one are very loud or enigmatic characters necessarily. Mike Gazzillo would certainly fall under the character realm, but even when he's talking with the media, he's even still more reserved about this hockey game. But do you think in their minds there's any special treatment of this game, or is this just business as usual? Um, to an extent, yes. Uh... You know, anytime I think they realize that our programs are growing a lot and that, you know, this would be a huge game for our program to have. 
but at the same time, it is a game. Uh, it's still an exhibition game. Uh, again, it, it, it's NC State and UNC. So Gazzillo, he might not, he might not seem as fired up in front of the media, but uh, I don't know. When it's one on one in that office, he he seems to get fired up about these games. So uh, he he's definitely excited for it. I know that uh, Coach Wing's definitely excited for that. When we first announced, uh, when we first told him that. We're going to be able to play at PNC, so their their faces kind of lit up a little bit. So, I I think they kind of recognize that hey, our programs are growing, and this is a great way to promote uh, our uh, both programs in the area. Um, and but at the same time, they are exhibition game. It is an exhibition game, and I think it is it is another day at the office too. So. Sam Banishevitz, captain of the NC State hockey team, joining us here on the Howler. Sam, before I let you go, what is your plea to students and fans alike to come out and see this hockey game? Well, um, I think if you have any sort of interest in in the sport, uh, if you have any sort of athletic pride in your school, come on out to this game. Um, It's destined to be a great game. Um, I know everybody's excited for it. Everyone on our team's excited for it. We're ready to go. I'm actually on the way to practice right now. Uh, We've had a bunch of guys in the group message saying, hey, guys, let's have a good practice tonight. Get ready for this game because, you know what, we're really going to take it to UNC. So if you guys want to come out and uh, witness a good show and help promote college hockey in the triangle, hey, come on out. It's going to be a great time. Sam Banishevitz of the NC State hockey team. Sam, thank you so much for your time. Final practice before you hit the ice on Thursday, and best of luck come up on game day. Hey, thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's Sam Banishevitz, captain of the NC State hockey team. Nick Sinopoli joins me next, and we'll talk about our side of the backyard brawl. This is the Howler. And we welcome you back to the Howler. Drew Blevins alongside of Nick Sinopoli as we prepare to flesh out our own opinions about the backyard brawl here on this, the first episode of the Howler of the 2017 spring semester. Nick, first of all, glad to be back on air with you. Glad to get the podcast back going. Oh, yeah, I'm excited, Drew. Um, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite projects, I guess you could say here at PAC TV, thing where we really get to dissect and dive into all of NC State athletics. Well, I want to go ahead and get your opinions on what we heard Jeff Volkman say earlier about attendance because so much of this hockey game, in my opinion, is based on atmosphere and mm-hmm. how many people you can get out there. While we've been sort of thinking four to 5,000 would be considered a success, would be considered a good number, Jeff Volkman quoted eight to 10,000 people from contacts that he's been receiving Mike Gazillo doesn't think it's going to be that high. Marketing directors here at Pac TV have said eight to ten thousand. But just imagine if you got the entirety of the lower bowl filled at PNC Arena for a collegiate hockey game. First of all, do you think that's a reasonable expectation? And second of all, if it is, what does that do for this hockey game? It's a goal for sure. I think eight to ten thousand is maybe setting the bar a little too high. Um, on a personal standpoint, it's great. To see, you know, set of my friends come out to the games. Um, being a broadcaster here with you at Pack TV has really piqued the interest for some of my friends. That are like, oh, well, you broadcast broadcast hockey. Maybe I'll come and show up. And they have a blast there. I think eight to ten thousand is a little too a little too high. I, I I feel like that would almost combat the level of 
Canes games, to be honest. Actually, I've been that would surpass it. The Canes, are, it. the Canes are averaging around 9,000. If, if you were to hit five digits... I'm not so sure if if I, I, I definitely run to the bell tower yeah. in a pair of red boxers. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think five to five to seven thousand would be a good estimate for this game. But in terms of what it does for the sport, it, it's incredible, especially in North Carolina, NC State, and UNC obviously have that that rival uh, that that great rivalry going on there on Tobacco Road and. It it really shows how it goes along all aspects of sports, not just not just basketball, not just football, but hockey as well. And I definitely think this is a rivalry that has been in the making for quite some time now since NC State has done so well in the past couple of years. But now it seems that these teams are a little more even matched and it'll be a lot more interesting of a hockey game than years past. I guess it would just be so hard for me to fathom the look of 10,000 people. I mean, it, it's crazy for because a college hockey game. in where, where we... Where we broadcast at the Iceplex, I mean, it would be uh, that that place is packed with you know five six hundred people. And last year, the Main Street Arena, we were there, and that was upwards of you know push Eight, pushing people. pushing eight hundred people. And just to even be in PNC Arena is a dream for you and you and me. But to see ten thousand people, if it be for free admission or just donation or club hockey, is a dream come true. Well, let's actually look at the hockey game that's going to be going on here because I think that's where our area of expertise is going to be. Certainly, we've heard from coach and player alike about what it's going to be like to actually participate in the events of Thursday. But when we analyze this game and when we look at the way both of these teams have played, it it really stands out to me that this game could be a whole lot closer than some people think. Mm -hmm. NC State's dominated this rivalry ever since Mike Cazillo got to Raleigh. Without a doubt. And when you look at the dominance that NC State hockey has the potential to give out and dole out to their opponents, hadn't quite been there this year. And yes, we we know the story of injuries. We know Sam Banashevitz was out. We know that Will Bieberdorf spent significant time out. Tyler Alphon said it. You, you get all those guys back. And State has won four out of their last six. But Carolina has already beaten NC State once so far this season. And they've won six out of their last seven. They haven't lost an ACCHL game since beating NC State on November 12th. That's a staggering statistic. And I think what makes it even more profound is they lost their leading scorer because he had to go back to McGill University. They lost Alex Stevenson, who had 21 points, which means Ricky Chen's going to have to step up. A.J. Hamill steps up on a nightly basis. Brendan Ratatovich, exactly. And Jonah these, these are all yeah. these are all names that we've heard before. But Jeff Volkman seems to have a whole lot of confidence in his hockey team right now. And while normally if this were last season or the season before or the season before you would say his confidence is misplaced, in this case I don't necessarily think it is because of how well Carolina has been playing recently. Uh, I I totally agree with you, Drew, and despite the recent success of the Tar Heels and the struggles of NC State this season, you've got to throw that out of the window for this game, once because it's just a different atmosphere. It's PNC Arena. It's one of the biggest games of the season for both of these teams, and of course, it's a rivalry game. You know, whether the players or the coaches like to say it, they're not thinking about, there's no extra motivation for this, there is. And we oh, know that as is. media personnel that uh, once you go against a rival, there's always that that extra 
that extra stuff, man. Everyone's amped up for this, and and they have a right to be so. I mean, this this is a game that definitely matters in terms of ACHL point standings. NC State's not looking too hot right now, coming off of a disappointing loss against Wake Forest, and the Tar Heels just proved to be not necessarily the better team back in November. They just clearly wanted it more. They came in motivated after their, one of their coaches passed away earlier that week, but they just came to play that day. Um, this is definitely going to be a close hockey game, and right now it's almost too close to call. I think too close to call is a very good way to put it. I do want to go position group by position group and talk about this game. Let's go ahead and start on the forward front. Everybody knows about NC State, Sam Banashevitz, Luis Jimenez, Will Bieberdorf, arguably the most potent top line in ACC hockey. In fact, I would go so far as to say they are the top line in ACC hockey. North Carolina has a couple of big producers. You said Brendan Radicovich. I said A.J. Hamill. All, all of these guys that we've seen before. It, it's sort of this matchup of usual suspects versus usual suspects, but what I really want to delve into is can NC State produce depth scoring? We saw when they started off this semester by beating Louisville and beating Virginia Tech that there was scoring that came from young guys. Brady Paro and Eric Johnston. Owen Drugan's got a couple of goals so far this season. But against Wake Forest, no depth scoring. Besides the top line, you can't really say that anybody played well. I'm not even so sure if the top line played well. Carolina, though, has scoring depth. They can go out there and get goals with Jonah Grafius. They can go out there and find a way to get goals with their defensemen like Nick Keith. I think that's something that gives them an advantage offensively, but the question is, can NC State's top line offset that? I think they can, and I think they're going to have to, because in recent memory, you think this team would have more players step up due to the injuries to Luis Jimenez, Sam Banaszewicz, and Will Bieberoff this season. You'd think those guys would step up. Jack McDonald stepped up time and time again um, for them. You know, had had goals against Duke, had goals last semester when those guys were down. But I'm just not seeing it right now. I mean, I, I, let's look at the past three games. You know, uh, we like to talk about Louisville and Virginia Tech, but I just don't think that's the same motivated hockey team we saw. Against Clemson, they looked all right. I mean, it was kind of a hangover game from that weekend. Uh, they they pull out the win 5-2. to two. Against Charlotte, this was a team that I was shocked to see. I, I, can't, I was at the game as a fan, and I really walked in a little bit late and saw that NC State was down 1-0 to Charlotte. And Charlotte's a good hockey team. Uh, Charlotte came, in, came into the game prepared, but NC State just was asleep there on the ice. And the same going into the Wake Forest game. That was a team that just lacked effort, lacked... I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if it was the night before, and that shouldn't be an excuse because going in ACCHL tournament play, that that's, that that's just not an excuse because you're playing the game every day. But I do think that front line can win this game for NC State. It's just a matter of do they and what... Who will step up? I, I, it's just really tough. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone else is going to step up for this team besides the front line. And, and I do think that there's a lot of the success that nests itself in Sam Banashevitz's line. And what we've discussed pretty much since the generation of this second semester of the season 
is that Sam Banashevitz is the catalyst of this hockey team. And if he doesn't play well, it almost seems like it has an infectious undertone to the rest of the team. Because if he's not playing well, nobody else is playing well. And what you saw between Charlotte and Wake Forest was a lot of two-man puck pressure. Mm -hmm. And Sam Banashevitz makes a lot of excellent individual plays, but he's still only one guy. And there wasn't a whole lot of options he had out there to use. The best player on the ice, in my opinion, was Joey Hall against Wake Forest because I thought he was the only guy who went out there and consistently worked hard every shift, and that's not an indictment of NC State's team. That's partially a praise to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons who have owned the NC State Wolfpack ever since February of last year. But all of a sudden, I think with that Wake Forest loss, you really got to this point where doubt was allowed to creep in to NC State hockey because they lost to Wake Forest. And whenever we had talked about NC State's back, NC State's back, this is going to be the state team that we're used to seeing, I think what everybody interpreted that as meaning is that NC State was going to win like they've been winning in years past. Mm -hmm. That's not the case necessarily this time. And I think that's what's worrisome about going into this game is – this team isn't the team of last year that steamrolled everybody in the ACC, with the exception of Wake Forest and George Washington. It was it, Nick Sinopoli, It wasn't even close. <laughs> it wasn't even close. It was almost dreadful to come to work and realize that nine times out of ten, you're going to see NC State put nine goals up on somebody. Dreadful. But, well, it, me, that's exciting. I think it's more dreadful this year because if you you were used to well, that. Well, it's I mean, not a close game, and as a broadcaster, you want to call the close games. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. But it's not the same way this year. Mm -hmm. Now, stepping away from the offense and looking at the defensive side of things, NC State has size. Mike Crenn, John Koklenberg, that's about it. They've got experience, Reed Farrat and Chris Wing. But alternatively... Carolina has Ian Hawkins, hard-hitting Raleigh kid. Nick Keith, also another Raleigh kid who's got stupendous leadership qualities. Vincent Pedro? I mean, this is, this is a push when it comes to defense because I think NC State, if they could utilize their physicality in a positive way, i.e. don't take penalties – especially if you're John Koklenberg and Mike Krenn, remaining disciplined and playing a physical style of hockey, NC State could have an advantage on the blue line. But with the sample size we've been given so far of 19 games and 9 victories and John Koklenberg being the second most penalized player in the ACCHL, that's problematic. Yeah, I'm, I think what we saw last week against Wake Forest is what happens when NC State isn't physical. I agree. I think NC State could have beaten Wake Forest if they matched their physicality. Things we saw during that game, especially, one of the biggest things was how they really executed their game plan on Sam Banashevitz. They always had about two guys around him on the puck because Sam makes great individual plays, but he's also a great passer. He's a great playmaker for NC State. Well, and you'll take Sam Banashevitz one-on-one over anybody else who plays in this league, and I mean anybody else. Oh, you're, you're totally right. I mean, uh, we, we saw in that game, you know, how he, he missed a breakaway, and I was, was kind of shocked. I mean, the pass was a little bit out in front of him, but he missed a breakaway, and that shocked everyone, including head coach Mike Gazzillo. But we saw a team that didn't play physical, 
And it was kind of weird to me because we see this team take penalties and dish out penalties as well, you know, com- you know, coercing other other teams to commit some undisciplined penalties. And this game, it was just kind of like a snooze fest. Mike Crenn Mike Kren was physical. He, in that game a little bit, I mean, he committed, you know, kind of an undisciplined penalty, you know, hitting a, hitting a Wake Forest player after the whistle. He in sent it to the box, in the face, yes. Kokenberg didn't take a single penalty, I think, that game. That's correct. Didn't take a single penalty. I feel like. That's about once in a blue moon right there. Maybe we could talk about that, make that you know a, a length of measurement every time John Kokenberg doesn't take a penalty. But while he takes undisciplined penalties, it's the theme of this hockey team. They have to be physical on defense because while these this defense isn't the best, like last year, you know, Simon Lecter, Sean Bly, those guys were great Andrew defensemen. Cook, yeah. Andrew Cookie. Andrew Cook, excuse me, call him Cookie. But <laughs> Colin, those guys we're clearly the better defensive core than we see this year. And in order for NC State to compete on the defensive side of the puck, they have to be physical. Doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be disciplined, but they just have to be physical because they have that presence. You've got big guys like Mike Cran and Koklenberg out there. While they don't have to play the smartest hockey, they have to play a physical brand of hockey, and they didn't do that last game. And we saw the result, a 4-1 a, a to one loss where NC State just Lacked no lacked energy and lacked zip, as Mark Godfrey would like to say about that men's basketball team. Last and week. and we will get talking about the men's basketball team here shortly. Defensively, I mean, NC State has a good enough penalty kill at this point in the season mm-hmm. that yeah, you can afford to take a few penalties, but you don't want to put yourself at a gross disadvantage down the stretch, especially by taking penalties in the third. Penalties part of the game. There's no team in the history of hockey who has gone completely perfect by taking no penalties. The other facet to the special teams play, in my mind, though, Carolina takes penalties. Carolina takes a lot of penalties. (laughs) And their penalty kill is operating about 75%. This is going to be a real chance for NC State's power play to establish itself. And if you can win the special teams battle if you're NC State, that may be the key to winning this hockey game more so than anything else. Final stage of the game we'll talk about from an X's and O's standpoint is a goaltending matchup. We know that Joey Hall is going to get the start come Thursday. He announced that to me yesterday. Mike Gazzillo confirmed that earlier this evening. But you don't know who's going to go for North Carolina. And it's been interesting. Gabe Haruso has shouldered three more games than Chris Bacolia. Haruso played against NC State the last time these two teams got together, secured himself a very nice 6-2 win. Didn't have a lot of work to do, but looked good with the body of work he showed. Chris Bacolia, on the other hand, he's a Raleigh guy. He grew up playing in Raleigh youth hockey and coming up through the organizations that are located here. So playing in PNC isn't necessarily the biggest deal for him. He's not going to have the stage fright factor, not to mention he's coming off of a 5-0 shutout against the Citadel. Goaltending could be huge in this game, and Joey Hall has strung together a very nice streak of quality hockey games, but you do wonder, Gabe Haruso or Chris Picolia, both capable of coming out with a star-studded performance, I would be very, very interested to see A, who starts, but also how they respond to the atmosphere. This is going to be the biggest, most well-attended, perhaps I should say, game in Carolina hockey history. I would definitely say it's the biggest game, for sure. I mean, you could kind of make an argument for a game a couple of years ago in the uh, see, semifinals with you know UNC and NC State, but 
Um, I, I do think this is a, a, a huge game in all aspects for not only just North Carolina, but in terms of the ACCHL. Uh, talking about goaltending, I totally think you're right about the atmosphere. Because while Joey Hall has had a great season, uh, it hasn't necessarily showed up in the win column. Because I feel like what I've observed during these games, that even though Joey Hall has a great game, Seems like the defense kind of hangs him out to dry a little bit, especially on the rebounds. Oh, he's had to make some tremendous saves. Oh, he's had to make some tremendous saves. I mean, we've seen the, the way the guy plays, he's all over the place, and I love it. It's making some highlight reel saves. But goaltending is going to be an interesting theme for this hockey game. You talk about Haruso and Bacolia, and I, I'd like to think Bacolia gets the start because he's a Raleigh guy. I do think Haruso is a little bit better goaltender. Um, if I'm Jeff Folkman... I'm going to go with who's been playing better as of late. So um, it was a Bacolia that had the 5-0 yeah, yeah, so I'd, I'd put Bacolia in, um, and I think that's kind of the same thing what Gazillo's doing with Joey Hall. I do think Hall's had the better season. But in terms of atmosphere, you've got to wonder how Joey Hall is going to perform in this hockey game because this is going to be the biggest atmosphere for him since when? The Admirals Cup Championship. And what happened in that game? He allowed... Three goals on eight shots in the first period. And if he does the same thing, kind of lays a goose egg out there like the Admiral's Cup, it's going to be pretty rough for NC State, and they're going to have to climb back in this hockey game, if you ask me. Yeah, and keep in mind, NC State has trailed in every single game they've played this semester. You're right. <laughs> that And that... Uh, Excuse me, I take that back. Clemson? They did not trail they against Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, yeah, but... Gave, they trailed to Louisville, even though they scored the first goal. Trailed to Louisville. Trailed, trailed to, to Virginia Tech. Definitely trailed, trailed to Liberty. Trailed and <laughs> lost to Liberty. Came back, beat Clemson. Went down 2 nothing against Charlotte, and went down against Wake Forest. Same score, 2 nothing before scoring. My final strategy question would be this. How critical is it to have a quality first period against North Carolina because so far this semester <laughs> I, I I believe I have seen might teams that have had better first periods and and that that's the honest truth <laughs> I have seen a lack of poise I've seen a lack of speed I've seen a lack of crisp passing I've seen a lot of pucks just thrown into open space there is lacking team chemistry in the first period and while NC State has been fortunate to have secured some wins despite a poor first period effort it seems like you just got to have a great first coming up on Thursday. You know, I sound like a broken record here. It seems like we're beating the dead horse all oh, we of the are. above. I feel like I've said this for the entire season. Um, last year, NC State did that. They got out. They sh- got a lot of shots on net. Went up, you know, 3-4 in the first period. Then got to put it in cruise control for the second. And then the third, they sealed the deal with a win. You know, does, didn't matter how many goals they were up. Still getting a little more goals in the third period. This just isn't that same NC State team. Uh, they like to play in the third period. They like to play in the third period. I like to say they're a third-period hockey team just because it seems like they only play in the third period. Um, but yeah, it's it's crucial if they want to not only win this game but dominate it. I think NC State is the better team. Because I've watched them play, I know the potential on this team. I think they have a chance to make a run to the to the championship of the ACC tournament. 
I don't necessarily think they win it. I definitely think they have a chance to make a run. But they have to play a complete game of hockey. You can't get by with that in the ACCHL tournament. Um, you can get by with that against UNC Wilmington the following game. You can get by Perhaps. with that against Elon. Hopefully, if they play Elon, but that is in Wilmington. But you've got to have a solid game of hockey on your belt going to the ACCHL tournament. And so Coach Mike Gazzilla and the players can look back and say, look, we need to play. We need to replicate what we did there. I think this is the game where that they need to do that. Yeah, and you really do talk about the way NC State's team this year compares to last year. Last year's team was a steamroller. I mean, heavy-duty, industrial-strength steamroller, and this year's team has proven to be nothing more than a plastic Tonka truck. So, we will see. I think this is an excellent test of the intestinal fortitude of the NC State team, and it's certainly a chance to lift your spirits going into the ACCHL tournament. NC State and Carolina, still not ruled out, could potentially be a first-round matchup Winner take all, loser go home. Will be interesting to see. Any final thoughts on the backyard brawl? If you're listening to this, definitely show up. Uh, it's going to be an exciting atmosphere. PNC Arena, backyard brawl, NC State versus the Tar Heels. Uh, if you can't make the trip, listen to yours truly, Nick Sinopoli and Drew Blevins on <laughs> Pack TV for the live stream. It's going to be hype. Certainly will be. Live stream is already up on our YouTube page. We invite you to go check that out. Again, to echo my partner's sentiments, this is going to be, just as it is billed, the biggest college hockey game in the history of this great state. And and nothing is going to match this I that I can see in the foreseeable future. This is the best rivalry in the ACCHL in my mind. There is nothing that comes anywhere close. And even when Virginia Tech comes into the league next year, Virginia VT, not going to come close to this. Duke, North Carolina, not going to come close to this. This is the game that you want to see. And it's a perfect opportunity to come out, support collegiate hockey in the area, and get a chance to be entertained by two of the ACCHL's consistent best. So I would highly recommend that you come out, and we would certainly love to see you. Hashtag PNC. Well, we'll step off of the ice, but we'll stay in the same building. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the men's basketball team here with the time we have left and. Quick shout-out to the women's basketball team, though. They consistently ranked, breaking into the top 25. Tough loss to North Carolina on Sunday. Just wasn't state basketball, men's or women's day on Sunday, as we'll learn about in a second. But the women's team under Wes Moore has done a very nice job building a program, building a record, and building themselves into the rankings. Meanwhile, at PNC <laughs> Arena, the men's team has just become nothing more than a stinking pile of garbage. And, yes, that that is a harsh criticism. I fully recognize that. But the fact of the matter is, and this is what I have been saying all along, and this is what I said back in September, October, November, and December, regardless of the players you have, regardless of the tools in your toolbox... If you do not know how to use those tools, you will not be successful as a craftsman. And who is the craftsman in this case? The man who controls the toolbox of players, Mark Gottfried. NC State stands at 3-6 in ACC play. The NC State football team went 3-5 in ACC play. This was a basketball team that was supposed to bring glory back to the promised land of Raleigh, and so far they have brought nothing 
of any value except with one decent-looking win. Too harsh or spot-on at this point? You know, honestly, just real sad. I mean, I'm over <laughs> here in the corner just really depressed, Drew. I mean, Drew, I hate to admit it, but you are 100% spot-on when you have a team with so much talent. I mean, preseason rankings, this was a top-10 talent-wise team. Emphasis on the talent. I mean, you've got Abdul Malik Abu. Torin Dorn, a nice pickup from a transfer from UNC Charlotte. Redshirt senior guard Terry Henderson transfer from West Virginia missed all of last season except six minutes with that ankle energy, ankle injury, excuse me. And of course the freshman phenom, Dennis Smith Jr., yada yada yada. The guy is great. But I mean, the people look the, the players just look lost out there, Drew. Um it's NC State crap. Just NC State stuff. Stuff, yeah, we'll call it stuff. I mean, this season has been highlighted by, of course, high expectations, and it really started with the Boston College loss. That's where I think people started to, well, not necessarily to lose hope. Um, We'll go with Miami. This is that that Miami loss was a bad loss. That team, Miami lost literally. See, I, I, I correct me from I believe five. Players, I believe it was all yeah. five starters they lost, and that was a team that NC State beat in PNC Arena last year. The when same they were team ranked 15th. that when they were ranked fifteenth, and this was the same NC State team that was ranked that would was sixteen and seventeen last year, and we couldn't beat them in Miami with a top ten talent team and arguably the best point guard in the country. I don't think he is the best point guard in the country. I think he there. This is I, a st- I still NBA. think you can make the argument. You could you could definitely make the argument, but. All talent aside, once again, we've seen that doesn't matter how much talent you have, if you don't have someone at the helm who can run a dang offense, or a defense for that matter, then you're doomed from the beginning. Mark Godfrey was a great recruiter. Oh my gosh, honestly, I would, I, would go, I would almost go as far to say he is... The best recruiter in the nation? The, be, not, the best recruiter in North Carolina, and that's going against I, Roy I Williams and... Mike Shashevsky. Now, it, what Mark Godfrey has to work with is just himself because NC State doesn't necessarily have the legacy that Duke and UNC have. Because and, and those, he brings in good players, and you bring good players, and your name your name's not Roy Williams, your name's not Mike Shashevsky, you're not that well known, but you bring in guys who, in my mind, sh- this team should regularly make the tournament every year if it has a competent head coach. Based on talent, and you see these guys transfer, you see them do this, you see these guys play poorly. You hear of guys like Omir Yurtsevin, who came into the came into uh, this season as arguably one of the best centers in this draft class, and the guy isn't even going to be drafted. He shouldn't go in the draft. If he does, he won't get drafted. If he's lucky, he'll get drafted in the second round. I mean, if he's lucky, he'll go back to Europe. And if still he's have lucky, a he'll go back career. to Europe. He'll, he'll if he's smart, he'll go back to Europe and say, "Huh." All that money in that bank account that I didn't touch, that looks pretty good right now. Maybe I'll just go back over there and be the best player on the worst team well, in, in, in terms. I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and you know call the horses back a little bit. Sorry, I got a little excited. I write about basketball all the time for the technician. It just gets me amped up. It's, it's well, just ridiculous. But, but you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and Dennis Smith has had some very nice games. Oh, I am a big fan of Dennis Smith. Dennis, Let me just go and say that. He yeah. is going to go in the draft. 
He's going to go top 10 in the draft. Oh, I'm, I he's going to go uh, – yeah, he's definitely going to go top 10. I'm going to be a big fan of him. I love what he's done for NC State. But I – this is why you cannot let true freshmen shoulder the load individually. Is because true freshmen don't possess all the leadership qualities that are necessary. You, um, you, you look at true freshmen who are excellent in college, and all of them have something in common, either a great head coach – or a veteran presence on the team. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair that they're the star player. I think it's fair that when there's five seconds to go, you can get them the ball. Mm-hmm. But for the other 35 minutes of the game, it is so difficult, I think, to let Dennis Smith have this basketball team. And I'm not, I'm not, that's not a criticism that Dennis Smith was all hype. While he hasn't made the impact that I think fans would have liked to seen him have made, he still made an impact for the positive. Yeah. But again, for me, three and six is enough indication at this point, halfway through ACC play, to say, all right, pack it up, let's go home. Because as it stands right now, you don't have a shot of beating Syracuse, Notre Dame, North Carolina, or anybody who is ranked 10th or better in the ACC. Because you don't have... Squat. Anything going for (laughs) you right now. And for me, Boston College is a tough loss. When you lost to Georgia Tech, to Georgia Tech, who is having a... Interesting is, season should right be now. ACC coach Passner, of the year. Passner is going to be ACC coach of the year. But up until that point, Georgia Tech caught North Carolina on a very off day and hadn't done too terribly much. And you lost to them. And then you turn around and you lose to Wake Forest. Good team, I think, will in the next five years be... A great team. But, I love Danny Manning. I think he's what, a great coach. What it all boils down Doesn't to... Doesn't necessarily excuse it because that was the first road win uh, Wake Forest had under Danny Manning. What, what, 25 straight losses. What gets me every time talking about this, though, is this is two times where NC State has been well-hyped, totally amped, good talent, certainly potential, potential to make a run to the title. And both times now, under Mark Gottfried, the ship has sank. And it hasn't just sank with a heartbreaking loss or an upset in the tournament. It has been one giant meteor that has crashed into the ocean and has kept sinking until it has settled on the ocean floor. And unfortunately, right now, NC State basketball is buried beneath the ocean floor because I don't think there's any hope of digging this team out. Final thoughts on State Hoops. Um, I think the biggest thing that spoke to me, what you said, was how Dennis Smith shouldn't be shouldering the load with this team. I think he can shoulder the shoulder the load, shoulder the load. Excuse me, with but he's got to have a coach. You got to have I a think, coach, and you've got to have a supporting cast. Thirty points. You, uh, you're not, okay, okay, okay. I think the supporting cast is enough. I think I like what Abu's doing this season. I think he is underperformed because I think with the NC State offense, they focus more on the perimeter and they really need to feed the paint. I mean, Abu at times this season will settle out for will settle for a jumper. And while initially I didn't like to see that, I thought, okay, well maybe he's just 
trying to show scouts he improved on his perimeter game and his jump shot. But, you know, against the Wake Forest, I mean, he, he was doing that and he was sinking all of them. You know, there are times where I'd like for him to settle for those jumpers because he's against some slower defensemen. I think Abu has been underappreciated this season, and I think you need to feed the ball to him because, to me, he's the second best player on this team. And redshirt senior guard Terry Henderson has underperformed, to say the least. The guy is inconsistent. Has great first halves, but has all great Swedish, fir- no finish. I, I, I don't know if he, I, he has great halves. He has great five-minute bursts. I mean, the also guy, fair to say. guy the guy's a defensive liability. He, it's... It just really saddens me to see another team. It'll be NC State like LSU last year where you have arguably the best player in the country and he won't make the NCAA tournament. Well, certainly we'll get to talk a little bit more about NC State basketball on our next episode of The Howler. This one has been dedicated to the Backyard Brawl and Hockey. Nick Sinopoli, it's time for our Pick'em segment. And I'm going to ask for one game and one game only. Backyard Brawl, Thursday, February 2nd, 7 p.m. NC State Hockey or North Carolina Hockey, who you got? I've been thinking about this all night. It kept me up all night, all night last night. No, I'm kidding. That was just because I had a lot of homework to do. Um, actually, <laughs> um, uh, you and I follow. We follow NC State hockey so much, and it's it was all always, hockey homework, right? Oh, all hockey, all hockey homework, uh, all eh? hockey homework, eh? No. Um, and now while, while, while I follow this, while I follow this uh, team, I, I I still think they're gonna win it. I mean, I I know that you might have the more realistic point of view, but I do think NC State gets it done. Not because, well, because I think they're the better team and because they realize they need to. Joey Hall is going to have a fantastic game. I think the defense plays physical, but I think Radatovich and Grafius perform well. I think Grafius comes away with two goals. I think this is a 5-3 hockey game in NC State's favor. Interesting pick. Nick, what is the oldest public university in the state of North Carolina? That's the University Chapel of North Hill. Carolina. Chapel Hill. What is a nickname for the great state of North Carolina? Ugh, the Tar Heel State. The, the Tar Heel State. Mm-hmm. Which school has more national championships than the other? Chapel Hill. North Carolina has more championships <laughs> than NC State. Yes. Who owns but the hockey series since 2011? The Pack. NC State does. And you know what? And what? In my opinion, Uh-oh. you can throw every other laudatory praise about the light blue school that sits in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. However... But let me tell you this much. Okay, here we go. Let me tell you this he, much. You confused me a little bit, but I'm but I'm I'm getting it now. Let me tell you what I see happening in this hockey game. This series since 2011 won-1 on neutral sites. North Carolina took the ACCHL semifinal 2015 state exacted revenge last year. When this hockey team is healthy and when this hockey team plays to the best of their abilities, I believe that they can skate and hold ice with the best in the ACCHL, including Wake Forest and Virginia. I think that this team has been sandbagging us. I think that this team is still working out the kinks of getting everybody back. And I think on one night of practice, and I think the revenge factor, 
and I think the Banashevitz factor, I think the Hall factor, and I think the Mighty Mustache factor all factor in to equaling an NC State victory. I don't know what the score will be because I could see this being a high-scoring affair or I could see it being a goaltending battle. Mm -hmm. All I can guarantee is this. NC State is out to defend an arena that has the letters NCSU all over it. There's not a single strip of light blue in that building. And while there will be people decked out in light blue and white come Thursday night, allow me to offer this insight. The night will be dominated by the red and white. NC State gets it done. Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps. A poetic finish. (laughs) Indeed it was. Nick Sinopoli, it's been a pleasure to be back on air with you here. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of The Howler. You've just been given the state of Wolfpack Athletics. For Nick Sinopoli, I'm Drew Blevins. See you next time on The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.